Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Recorded live. Hey, folks, this is Mark the Smart Mark alongside my partner here, Ace Alexander. Welcome to the False Finish. For those of you who are just tuning in, let me give you a little bit of a rundown. We're a couple of guys who've been in the business for a collective, I think it's like 50 years, I think you've said in the past, Ace. And uh, we are people who enjoy professional wrestling. We've been on the inside of the business. We've been on the outside of the business. So we have a unique you know, aspect on the business. And we get together, you know, at least once a week to try to share our personal points of view with the world. And, of course, uh, we enjoy having a chance to talk to all of you. So if you get a chance to uh, call in, and obviously we welcome everybody in. we got a couple of ways for you to contact us. We're available on Twitter at The False Finish. We can be reached via email at uh, the email address, thefalsefinishpodcast at gmail.com. We are on Facebook. We have a fan page. And uh, we do have a website, which I believe I believe that's the falsefinishpodcast.com, correct? 100% accurate there today, Mark. All right, there you go. Now, uh, for those of you who have been watching, well, not watching, but listening in over the last uh, couple of, I guess it's, it's almost a month now since we started. Oh, no, we're, uh, we're we, much further than a month there, Mark. We started yeah, back way, in March. Way. So, uh, we're, well, we're you pushing yeah, it about, actually, you're right. We're, we're pushing, pushing we're pushing it about two and a half three months. months. Yeah. yeah. So, for those of you who know our normal format, we're switching things up a little bit. We're going to do things a little differently these days. We're going to jump into our main segments, the ones that we typically do once a week. And, uh, of course, I've got something major coming up today for the Mark Effect. And, of course, Ace has got a very interesting-sounding topic for the Ace in the Hole. And, uh... The man's been known for his list, so I'm curious to see what he's got for us this week on Ace in the Hole. And, uh, well, let's, let's, let's get right down to it. we got a bit of uh, other news here. Now, we talked about some of the ways that you can contact us. Obviously, if you're, if you're listening in and you're able to listen live, you know, we do recommend that you, you know, send us your questions and everything. And if, you enjoy, and if we think you got something interesting worth talking about, we will definitely – respond to it on the air, but uh, Ace, why don't you tell us the other big news, aside from the fact that we've changed our format a little bit. Give us the, give us the big news. The breaking news? Well, the breaking news can wait just a second, because I also wanted to point out and add to what you had already talked about. You know, the segment changing is going to be a little bit, uh, you know, the idea behind that was, as, as we talked, Mark, we both agreed that, you know, we want everybody to listen to our podcast. We don't want everybody to miss out on interviews that we have in the future, but uh, with 45 minutes or so of recapping of Raw, in our right after wrestling recap, we uh, we decided that it, it leaves a little bit of the podcast outdated at times. 
So uh, someone six months down the road obviously knows what has come and gone in uh, the world of the WWE, you know, Raw and their pay-per-views and things like that. So limiting our, our recaps to the right after wrestling to something around 10, 15, 20 minutes, give or take, just really a highlight reel of what we thought was good, what we thought was bad, what we thought they could improve on, and maybe some additional direction there. But limiting it to a, a much smaller portion of the call, giving us more time to focus in on the main segments, you know, like the Mark Effect, the Ace in a Hole, and some other ones we've talked about, like the Armchair Booker discussion, things like that we've, we've talked about, in, in a, you know, and then also to give our interview... Um, our interviews a little bit more time to uh, to discuss some of their stuff and not feel like we have to limit what they have to say. So uh, you know, great great stuff there, Mark. I, I really thought that was some good good stuff, and we could keep moving forward with the uh, new design for the podcast, and and hope the fans and the uh, the uh, the reception is uh, is uh, very well and positive. But with that, we have some um, breaking news as of about four or five hours ago. We are officially accepted and approved on iTunes. So all you fans Woo! out there, yeah, you know, that's awesome. we got episodes 7 and 8 already uploaded to iTunes, which means all you got to do is open up your iPhone, open up your computer, open up your tablet, your Apple, um, your iPad, whatever device you use iTunes through, and you can I get out. It is Apple, dude. Yeah, you know, whatever whatever <laughs> device that's Apple-related, and you're following that, that you have an iTunes account, you go in there, you get the podcast, you look up the false finish on iTunes, and you get our podcast. It's a nice, it's a nice little fancy logo. It's a circle, and it says the false finish podcast on it. It's in big, nice red text. And uh, we're going to be updating that logo over time, but for now, that's what we're using. And... You know, with that said, I want you guys to get out there and subscribe. Click the subscribe button. Give us a, you know, give us five stars. Not because you feel we deserve it, but because we should get it. And uh, you know, because uh, that'll keep us around longer, and it'll also uh, spread our awareness out there for everyone else to see. Um, you know, I, 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 you know, tonight we have the podcast where we're broadcasting live right now. And uh, if you're downloading this on iTunes, then you're obviously going to find the interview that we have tagged on to this call a little bit later. Um, unfortunately, the live uh, audience that may be listening and anyone listening following us live, you unfortunately will not be able to hear the uh, interview until this is uploaded, uploaded to iTunes, and uh, that should be in a matter of hours with the, uh, the IT department doing its uh, uh, you know updates and merging all those files and getting it all set out there to the web um, so that computer world out there can uh, go and grab. So um, look forward to you guys listening to the Drake Evans interview in a little while. But other than that, Mark, you know, it's uh it's uh ve- you know, an eventful week. It was the uh payback on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's just jump right into the uh you know, the payback or, or what we're referring to as the WWE pay, uh, pay-per-view showdown between Mark the Smart Mark, myself, Ace Alexander, and uh, what we do every month. After every month, in this case, we're going to be doing it two times this month. Um, we look over all of the known matches the night we do our our, our most recent podcast prior to the the uh, pay-per-view that they're having that week. And uh, what we do is we review those matches that are currently listed, and we pick a winner. Mark and I sometimes agree, sometimes disagree. Currently, Mark is in the win. He's running a uh, you know, heavy lead on me because the WrestleMania was such a bad, a very bad uh, choice for me. I picked really bad matches that week, that month. And uh, Mark's got five wins over my one there. And then Extreme Rules last month, he got five to my four. So I narrowed the gap significantly, but uh, not quite enough to, to catch right up. So hopefully... I we look I get at the, the feeling you might actually overtake this time because I don't remember who I picked for what right off the I top of my head. I remember picking quite a bit and, and, and getting some ready. So let me just pull up my results here. Mark, how's everything going in the world of Mark? 
Yeah, pretty good. I'm, I'm feeling a lot better. For those people who uh, were not aware of it, like the week before, I was a little bit sick and it affected my voice. I'm mostly recovered as far as I can tell, so we shouldn't have any problems on my end. Yeah, no, and I, I myself am feeling much better. I a little bit late getting out here with the live broadcast. Had some personal things that I had to address, but other than that, I uh, I'm doing good. So, with that said, let's uh, let's just hit these uh, results here. So, what I'm looking at is I'm looking at the Sheamus and Ziggler match. Uh, you know, it's irrelevant really when it comes down to our our matchup because we both picked Sheamus to win, and we were both right. So we both get a point for that. And uh, what do we got here? We got one and one for myself and Mark. Then we have the next match on there was the two out of threes fall tag team match. And, uh, you know, Mark, you actually had the BRC winning, and I had the New Day winning. Uh, With that that said... That's your first one that you actually won straight up so far in the night. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you get zero, and I get uh, one. Now what we have here is, uh, what's the next one? Ryback and Bray Wyatt. Unfortunately... I think we both picked Bray, didn't we? No, unfortunately, we actually didn't pick that match because it hadn't formally been communicated until SmackDown the night after we broadcast our podcast. Oh, there you go, yeah, So yeah, we yeah. weren't aware of that. So we'll just jump so, right into the next match was the I Quit match, John Cena versus Rusev. Called it! And uh, you picked John Cena, and I picked Rusev, and uh, he's still your United States champion, not mine. So that's one <laughs> for you. I don't know if so this had the... So that puts me out two, my two to your one so far in the show. Oh no, we're two to two. We're two to two. Uh, I but we both picked Sheamus. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, because we both picked Sheamus. Right. So it was a push there. But then we had the uh, Mega Powers versus the Ascension, and we both picked the Mega Power, or we both picked the Ascension, and they both won- the Ascension did win. So uh, in the in the pre-show. So far. Three three. It was the Bella Twins and Naomi and Tanya, and we both completely didn't have that one listed because again, another match that wasn't formally communicated. <clears throat> but then that brings us to. Bad News Barrett versus Neville. And so frustrating for me, because I picked Bad News Barrett, King Barrett, and he decided he was going to get counted out instead of losing fair and square to Neville or winning. So uh, that's another win for you with Neville getting the win by Kelly. So that actually gives me my first official lead of the night. That puts me now, what, my four to your three? Your four, my three. Then leads us into the main event, which was Dean Ambrose, Rollins, Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, Randy Orton for the title, in which case we both picked Rollins as our number one choice. So we both got one. Which brings us to a grand total of Mark's points. Were, 15. Uh, did you get five? Yeah. Yep, you're you at five for this month. Yep. Five for this month, and then you add that to the ten I've had overall. Yep. Five and four. So you had five, I had four this month. So you're still keeping that gap, and I'm not able to narrow it. Well, it's not uh, that big of a gap. If I, if I remember right, I mean, you were at something like, what, like five or six last time, and I had made it to ten. So we had like a four-match gap. And I think you've actually closed it a little bit. I think we're now at like almost uh, almost like a, my 15, your like 13. You're at 15, and I'm at nine. So you know oh, what wow, it is? All right. I'm not. I haven't tied you yet, and I lost by four in the first one, so it's it's put me behind right. a little bit. But, uh, I'm keeping pace with you. It's not such a lead. I'm, I'm doing way. some better yeah, picks. At some point, I think uh, we may end up seeing a tie, or you may even overtake, especially because 
They still haven't even told us exactly what the hell's going on yet for Elimination Chamber. Oh, we can talk about that. We could talk a little bit more about that later when we do that yeah, we'll rundown. Yeah, we'll probably have to talk and... about that next week, too, considering... Yeah. Oh yeah, because it's right around the corner. It's only a two-week thing. Yeah. So yeah. you know, Mark, that that puts us on the uh, that puts us past the payback. But you know, we're not going to go into huge details. As we talked, we changed the format up a little bit. People have watched yep. this. If you're listening to this in the future, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm doing time travel here now. But if uh, <laughs> someone's coming back, listen to this. You know, one of the things I'll say about the pay-per-view is the main event was great. That uh, four-way match was an amazing match. There was some real great spots. Um, that was the highlight of the night, without a doubt. Um, bar none, there was nothing else that could touch it. There was, um, you know, there was the moment there where the Shield looked like they were going to get back together. They picked Randy Orton mm-hmm. up and they put but him through the table. Good almost when they were teasing it. Yeah, when they were teasing it, and then they kind of like Seth was like, "Yeah, we got this, we got this." Put the fist out like they're all together, and uh, then he looks over and Ambrose just gives him the you know the dirty eye, and then Roman does the same, and and you know it led to the uh, finish of the match, which ended up putting Seth Rollins over. But all in all, it was in my opinion, it was a great match, and if Seth Rollins was going to win that Cena match, actually got a lot of uh, got a lot of acclaim as well, so. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I'm not a fan of Cena. We all know that. Yeah, but uh, Rusev... we know you're a hater. You're a hater. <laughs> yes, yes, I am. Uh, but with that, I will say that the match wasn't bad. It was a decent match. I didn't like the way it ended. I was okay with you know with Cena winning if he had to win, but I was just wasn't okay with the direction in which they went with it. Um, it was seemed really stupid. He was passed out in the ring. Uh, you know, uh, Rusev goes out and gets a bottle of water, splashes it on his face after he un- undoes the turnbuckle, and he goes over to choke, you know, beat him up with a turnbuckle or hit him over the head with the turnbuckle. John Cena ducks, hits, hits him up with the uh, attitude adjustment, or maybe he ducked and then he put him in the submission. I don't remember exactly which order. At some point, he ended up in the STF, and then yeah. you know, Cena basically wrapped a rope around most of his face. So yeah, yeah, it just looked very cheesy, and I well, feel like said, Cena. I mean. But, but the thing yeah, is, like Cena didn't look hurt. Came out looking weaker. I feel like I feel like I feel like Rusev came out looking weaker in the mat in well, the moment because because the thing is, he had beaten and destroyed Cena. But every time Cena would get up, he looked like he just walked out of the bathroom and he was ready to go a whole new day. It just it didn't make sense to me. It wasn't great in my opinion. I feel like well, there was we, so much we, more they could do. We talked about this in the past, and this was largely again the the, the fault of bad booking stretching as far back as 2006. I know we say that, but you know, I, and again, I don't know. Uh, I've said it before, I'll say it again. The reason why you have seen the Superman now is because all the people who were throwing their hands up and cheering about Edge winning after he beat the Everyman basically meant, okay, well, the Everyman didn't work. Let's just make him a Superman, you yeah. know, and, and, you know, and just stick with that. So really, a lot, a lot of that, is, the blame is laid on people who said, well, we don't like Cena because he's the everyman. Well, right. no, I, I, I agree didn't with like you there. Now, now you got to deal with what you got. So. I, you are 100% right about that, Mark. I will not deny that or uh, you know disagree in any way. But you know, without going too into deep on those matches and stuff, I will say that another match and a highlight, in my opinion, <coughs> was the tag team... Um, Two uh, two fall or two out of three falls match between the New Day and that doesn't surprise me because I know you're a big tag team. <laughs> yes, and I love those two out of three falls match. I think those are some great series if the right teams and the right individuals are involved. And I really felt there was. And one of the things I will say that was really cool that uh, you know may have been overlooked was uh, as I'm sitting there watching it that night, I, I said to myself, I said, I bet you New Day loses the first pin. And you know what's going to be really cool? I looked over to my you know 11 year old son and I said. 
Xavier Woods is going to jump up and say, I'm taking his spot. I'm going in. And it may, I'm like, that's how they're going to get over and they're going to win. I was thinking, oh, this makes complete sense. He jumps in, takes over. He's healthy, revived, free bird rules. That's quite what and happened, but it, he, he, well, he tried. Up being he, interesting. he attempted to. He actually jumped up on the apron there, and he did, he tried to get the ref to let him in. The ref didn't let him. And, you know, he was saying free bird no, rules, free bird rules. the end of the match. Went. Oh, no, no, not the end, but the beginning of the match. That's how I first saw it going. Ah. But they ended up snagging out the win in that match. New Day's still your tag team champions. So, no, no, uh, they're still your tag team champions, not You're mine. right. You're right. They're my tag team champions, and I'm okay with that. I am okay with that. I'll be honest. I would have rather the DRC had won it back simply because... Because I'm... I'm going to tell everyone out there listening, this podcast is the home of a new day. Because oh, New Day rocks. Lord. New Day rocks. Come on. New I'm Day sorry. rocks. Okay. New Day sucks. Okay, okay. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it's a good pay per view. Uh, I'm not going to oh, yeah, give it. Well, definitely. So. I, I'm not going to give it an A rating. And that's one of the things, one of the new, this is one of the new features, right, Mark? We talked about this new features, new Yep, format. we got ourselves a grading system. We got a grading system. Um, an A would be, if I was on it, main eventing against The Rock, in my opinion. But since that's not going to happen, we're never going to grade something with an A. This is uh, this was a C, this was a C to a C plus. I'm going to throw the C plus stamp on it because there was some really good. There was some good wrestling. Uh, they're, you know, they're really pushing a lot of the younger guys. Um, you can't name somebody that, other than John Cena and the sidebar stuff from Kane, you really can't name somebody that was there five years ago on the mm. roster, really doing much, which is good. That's that's what this this what the business needs right now. Um, you know, they need to start inventing superstars. They need to start making Roman Reigns. And I'm, you know, you know me. Listen back at the first podcast, episode zero, episode one, two, three. I chastised. I shot on Roman. I was not happy with the direction. However, they have rebuilt him slowly, surely since WrestleMania. He is lost. I completely agree with you on there. Although I'm still a big uh, fan of uh, Dean Ambrose. Well, I, I hadn't even touched dude, on Ambrose. A goddamn tank. I haven't I even him. touched on Ambrose. He is he is doing what's best for business. And I is been... and the man the man's practically invincible. I mean, you see some of the stuff that he's pulled, you know, since he went solo. I mean, his matches with Bray Wyatt. I mean, th- those things are legendary at this point. And then of course, you look at that big ladder match at WrestleMania, the guy takes a power bomb literally through a ladder and finishes the match. Yeah. I said, I, like I said just a couple of minutes ago, the guy's a damn tank. Yep. And if this guy doesn't end up winning the world title sometime in the next few years, I will be absolutely astounded because they've already got somebody I'm, right here. They, they, they got an almost perfect mixture. The guy, Mark, he, he's basically Hogan. I'm going to one-up you. And a couple of other guys. I'm going to one-up you. I, All would, right. I would be very shocked if he's not a world champion within the next 12 months. Actually, I'm Amen. sorry. Hold on, hold Amen. on. I'm not going to go 12 months. I'm not going to go 12 months. I'm going to stretch it out just a, just a tad bit further. I believe Money in the Bank is September this year, if I'm right. That sounds about right. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty confident. Oh, no, Money in the Bank is in June. I'm sorry. Yeah, what happens is because say, they usually have it like six months from WrestleMania. You're right. It's in June. Money in the Bank is in June. So with that said, I am going to say if he is not the world champion within a year of June 14th, then they drop the ball with this. They really drop the Amen. ball. Amen. We will drop the Amen. ball. Amen. 
with that, let's close up the pay-per-view. C-plus grade, uh, some great projections, some great opportunities, and uh, I'm kicking your butt at the next pay-per-view head-to-head. Uh, yeah, we'll elimination see. Chambers a week, we'll a week and a half. Okay. And we'll uh, I'm see, coming to I've, I've been beating your head in so far with this. I don't intend to lose my lead. You're right. You're right. But I'm gonna try my hardest. If I've got a, if I've got a couple, if I gotta pick you up, throw you in some attitude adjustments, a couple F5 rock bottoms <laughs> pile drivers, I might have to do such a thing. In I such might a... end up dropping a couple of legs on you, man. Oh, come on, Hogan. Well, so... why not, Cena? <laughs> <laughs> so with that okay, said, or, or, or since you were using the AAs and the rock bottoms, does that mean I should start calling you Rockna? Rockna. I kind of like. Well, well, think about it. It's a mix between John Cena and The Rock. Rock. What if you no. took What if you took Cena's first initial and The Rock's remaining name? I could be The Croc. <laughs> or if you remove the R, we can get initial, really wait, a His first initial would be J. That would make you the Jock. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good thing. Yeah, we're not going with Johnson. We're not going with Rocky Johnson. <laughs> but we're going with Rock. So no, with that, remember with that John said, Cena. Remember John yeah. Cena. Yeah, John Cena. Either way, you'd still be the jock. Yeah, I'm not a fan of his. Okay, well, with that said, Mark, I'm going to throw the microphone down. I'm going to pass the buck, and we're going to do a little Mark effect here. Well, yes, we are. Okay, folks. Now, I've talked about a couple of different things over the last couple of weeks in the Mark effect. Here's a little something that most people may find a little interesting. Now, we've talked in the past about how professional wrestling almost seems like a soap opera or a sci-fi series or even a comic. Well, get this. Over the last at least 20 years, there's been comics based on professional wrestling. So the question is, of course, what happens when you have art imitating life that already imitates art? You get some very odd titles. Some good, some bad, some just kind of out there. So let me start with the, with the first one I'm aware of, at least in terms of the, of the first chronological book that I'm aware of. WCW, World Championship Wrestling. Believe it or not, yes, they had a comic, and it was actually done by Marvel. Thing ran for, if memory serves, about 12 issues. The series focused on Sting, who at that time, this was still back when he was in the blonde, flat-top surfer era. The series had appearances by most of the major characters who were in WCW at that time. This includes managers and commentators, including, get this, Jim Ross. A lot of people aren't aware about this, but yes, Ross. Little JR? Yes. Jim Ross, Paulie Dangerously, yes, Paul Heyman was in this, Johnny Bad, and Medusa Maselli which I believe for the longest time they were just calling her Medusa, both before and after this point. But um, the storyline basically featured around the idea of Sting taking on this weird supernatural spook dude who called himself the Ghoul. And this guy was kind of working behind the scenes trying to screw with Sting's career. Sting at the time was the WCW World Heavyweight Champion throughout most of the series. The artwork was pretty decent for the time period, the storyline didn't make a lot of sense, and I think they probably took considerable liberties with the character. But then again, they, they did so with pretty much everybody. But again, most of the major names were there. You had Cactus Jack, uh, Scott Hall back when he was the Diamond Stud. Rick Rude was a secondary uh, antagonist, and they actually did make a 
few brief touches on actual events or different takes on them. For example, the War Games match featuring uh, Sting Squadron versus the Dangerous Alliance. Now, they do change up the way that ends. They do still end uh, with one of the ropes actually coming off the ring. But the thing actually ends with Sting being forced to surrender in order to spare, I think it's Barry Windham, from being beat in the head with uh, the iron post of the, of, the, uh, of the turnbuckle. The story eventually ends with them revealing that the ghoul is apparently uh, Sting's old trainer, who had apparently had his legs get blocked out when uh, teaching Sting the Scorpion Deathlock. He supposedly makes deals with odd supernatural characters and uh, becomes the ghoul. He briefly brainwashes Sting, turning him into, I think they called him the, the Dark Stinger, which is probably almost an ironic foreshadowing of what he later became. The series actually ends with Sting losing the world title to Big Van Vader in a one-off uh, issue following the main storyline. Sting looks like he's about ready to, you know, hang up the tights when he runs into a kid who, encou- who he encountered while he was briefly brainwashed during a bout of amnesia where he was the Dark Stinger. And this kid actually convinces him to stay in the, to stay in the game. Again, overall, it wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. It wasn't necessarily the best, but it was, for the time, relatively decent. And appearances by characters such as Johnny B. Bad, Jim Ross, Paul Heyman, and all these guys was actually pretty fun. But the big money seemed to be when it came to the WWF, as it was at the time. Now, a lot of people have never really heard of this company. Some people have, some people haven't. But there's a company called Valiant Comics, They're known for a couple of uh, random titles, such as uh, Magnus Robot Fighter. I know that. But uh, they had a short-run comic called uh, WWF Battle Mania. Uh, It was an oversized prestige format, if memory serves. Uh, Again, the artwork, not really much to talk about, although the characters at least looked like who they were supposed to be. They didn't always happened to feature in an actual ring, but, you know, sometimes they did. The one issue I remember getting of it had uh, two or three decent stories, one of which featured literally the big boss man uh, basically doing surveillance on The Undertaker in a funeral home and eventually starting a a brawl with him. Uh, Another story in the same book featured uh, basically Roddy Roddy Piper trying to help the Ultimate Warrior work out his mental problems with The Undertaker after the uh, whole time where Taker had basically thrown Warrior into a casket. Uh, Again, you know, the artwork wasn't bad for the time, although I think it was of lesser quality compared with the WCW title. But, eh, that's that's neither here nor there. The big one, however, at least in the 90s, was Chaos Comics. Now, I, I don't remember if these guys were a spinoff of another company. I don't necessarily know that they were, but they were known for a couple of decent titles, Lady Death, Evil Ernie, and a couple of others. They did a couple of miniseries. Um, I'm trying, well, they did one miniseries featuring Stone Cold Steve Austin, two one-shots apiece for China and The Rock, 
They did a single one-shot for Mankind, but the big one that really got me interested was the roughly 13 to 14 issue run featuring The Undertaker. And I thought this was actually an interesting way to deal with the character because we've always talked about how The Undertaker's character was basically this walking dead guy. Well, they took it a step further. They go, well, everything you've seen about The Undertaker is really just the tip of the iceberg. The character is really the deposed ruler of Hell's prison realm, and he's been involved in a war for the last 400 years, give or take, in some fashion or another, trying to reclaim his throne. From both Paul Bearer, who is one of uh, two people who invaded uh, the uh, prison realm called Stygian, and a completely original character called the Embalmer. Now, I always thought this was a, this was a character they could have brought in, he would, he would have been perfect, they could have probably tried to bring this into the real world. I mean, for God's sake, I mean, you look at Mordecai, I've said this before, he was practically perfect. They could have done this whole thing with the Undertaker series and, and very much brought it into the WWF. It would have worked. You had Kane in there. You had Mick Foley as Mankind. The Big Boss Man, Midian, Viscera, and the AP all appeared. And uh, I, I thought it was very well done. The artwork was fantastic. I mean, that, that's an easy A if, if, if ever there was one on this. And that's the one thing I'll give to the other stuff that uh, Chaos Comics did regarding the other uh, wrestlers that they did shows for. And not shows, books for, whatever. Um, moving along to the next one, now I, I really hate to even have to talk about this just because, I mean, we, with the, the guy who made it obviously is, is Warrior himself. He just passed away uh, last year. But you, you really couldn't speak about wrestling comics without mentioning this. They got like three or four issues, maybe five, uh, and the story was bizarre. I'm not even sure there was a story. And, and I actually have most of the issues of this. This series, however, is notorious for the Warrior Holiday Special. And uh, for those of you with virgin ears, you may want to plug them at this point. Mark. I uh, believe I actually had episode one of that, or comment series one, whichever one it was. Issue one, yeah. I think it was like back in what, like 95, 96-ish? 95, that sounds about right, yeah. I mean, it, it was right around the time that the New World Order had just begun, and they do make, he does make references to Hogan and uh, the NWO. I, it was confusing as all hell, but um, the holiday special, it's, it's notorious for the fact that in at least one segment of the book, or at least one page, it literally depicted the warrior having basically beat up Santa Claus, stripped him naked, thrown him into a bondage harness, and stolen his clothing. This made no sense then, it makes less sense now, and it makes just as much sense in context, which is to say none at all. Now, more recently, uh, there has been a company called uh, Super Genius, which is apparently an imprint of another company called Paper Cuts, that got the license to do a couple of comics based on the WWE. And uh, the first four or five issues is called Money in the Bank. It's actually pretty decent. It's written by Foley, and the artwork is actually pretty good. I mean, it's not as good as what we got in the Undertaker comic, but it was decent enough that you could tell who these people were supposed to be, and it was believable. I enjoyed it quite a bit. You had most of today's modern roster was on there. Cena, the Wyatts. Undertaker, Kane, they were all there. And uh, it was a pretty decent little, like, mystery adventure story. 
They've done two other arcs. The series has since come to an end. Uh, the second arc was called Haze of Glory, which was confusing, to say the least. Basically, it was almost like Rashomon, for anybody who's seen that, where you had strange events had occurred. Nobody knew what really had happened because everybody was kind of drugged. And, I mean, the resolution is actually pretty hilarious, and I do recommend picking it up. The third and final arc was called Legends, which apparently involved time travel, clones, and um, literally the brain of Bobby the Brain Heenan. Again, it's a very strange story. It actually focuses a little bit on Hulk Hogan, or rather the Hulk Hogan of the 1980s. Uh, it's actually kind of interesting because it actually features something I don't think we'll ever see. Uh, and I've, I've talked about this before in the fact that uh, there was a, an individual who at one point was a dead ringer for Hogan, but that's neither here nor there. But the, the book series was unique because it featured literally Hulk Hogan of the 1980s versus Hollywood Hogan of the 1990s. There's supposed to be another graphic novel coming up, and I'm not sure what it's supposed to do, if it's supposed to... Uh, follow up on any of these storylines or not, but that is the last known comic book uh, on a regular basis that came out. There's also a very brief one-shot, I think it's a one-shot, good luck finding it. It was briefly referenced in the old WWF magazine. Um, I'm trying to remember, I think it was called, I I may be wrong about this, Crozor, K-O-R-Z-O-R, and the subtitle was The World Wrestling Federation and Cosmic Conflict or something. I don't know that much about it. Apparently dealt with the, the WWF superstars fighting wrestlers from some kind of weird cosmic other dimensional plane. I don't know enough about it to really talk about it. The artwork, again, wasn't bad. In fact, in some cases it was decent, but it was probably lesser than you would have seen with The Undertaker's 13-issue run. Not, and I'm not telling the Halloween special for The Undertaker, by the way. That, that basically was attached to the main 13-issue run, but it was kind of like also a standalone set after the events of that 13 issues. And by that, and that's issue 0 to 12, not issue 0 to 13. But either way, um, overall, there's been more wrestling comics out there. There's also Headlocked, which uh, I have had the chance to read. I've got like the first couple of issues. Uh, I've been told now it's largely something you can only buy through uh, digital print on demand or just straight up digital. Uh, I've met the creators. They were very nice people. And if I get the chance to see them at New York Comic Con, if I can get a, t- a ticket, uh, there's a whole issue with that this year. But if they're there and I'm there, I'm definitely going to swing by and say hello and see about picking up a couple of other issues. They are. But, they were a uh, Kickstarter group there. They actually started their whole stuff on Kickstarter just to get that first comic published. I remember seeing that several years back, Mark. Yeah, I, actually, they didn't mention that when they actually did it. But, yeah, I mean, aside from that, there are other comics out there. I just don't know about them. But I'm sure there's a lot out there. I wouldn't be surprised if you see... Stuff from Mexico. I do know there's a couple of wrestling manga from Japan. There's Tiger Mask, uh, and and then I'm not sure what um, most of the. There's one that was set in the 80s, and uh, it got a sequel series called Ultimate Muscle, which was actually brought over here. And there was also an anime in the 80s, which also got a sequel series, which was brought over here called uh, Ultimate Muscle: The Kanekiman Legacy. 
But uh, that, that pretty much wraps it up for, for the market fact. If there's anything else that comes up over the next couple of weeks, I'll bring it up. But that was pretty much something I thought that uh, wrestling fans might be interested to know about simply because most people don't even know that these exist. Yeah, no, that's true. I, I didn't know about a lot of them there, Mark, and I honestly have never been a fan to follow the WWE stuff. We talked a little bit about that yesterday, and from my perspective, I think there's some interesting directions they could go with some of it, but they're definitely uh, it's a market that they haven't fully tapped that uh, I'm sure that if they are given the opportunity, they're going to continue trying to promote within. And, you know, others like I know the headlock, and I've never gotten around to reading it. Um, it's definitely something I want to check out at some point. So thank you, as I'm sure uh, people listening to the podcast would also appreciate that. Shout out to headlock, folks. If you ever come across this, as you are fans of wrestling, reach out to us at the False Finish Podcast at gmail.com. Maybe we can set something up and bring you on the line. Now, Mark. Absolutely. That takes us from the Mark Effect. Following the new format we have here tonight, we're going to talk a little bit about right after wrestling. Which oh, is, yeah. Uh, it's our it's our raw recap right after wrestling. Uh, we're a couple days late because of the uh, personal and uh, illnesses and things that have gone on that have uh, obstructed our opportunity to get here on the line and get to our studio and uh, start publishing this. So with that being live here tonight, let's talk about uh, raw and uh, with the new format, we'll give our we'll give our graded opinion of what the show is. We grade raw separately and differently than the pay per views. You know, we we don't grade raw against pay per views and we don't grade pay per views against raw because they are different. Uh, structured shows, so when we're giving a grading for the Raw episode, it's based strictly on previous and, you know, and, and histor- historically what you would expect from a Raw build-up and things like that. So, uh, you know, with that said, Mark, tell us what you think. Give us some highlights. Well, they started out relatively the same way they normally do, so I'm not sure if, I, if I'm happy about that, but then again, you knew they were going to come out with, you know, Rollins coming out and crowing and, and making fun of Kane and everything. But there were some good matches. I liked, I liked a lot of them. I actually, I, if I had to pick a highlight of the night, uh, it would be Ambrose versus Wyatt. Just because that match, I mean, my God. We talked about this, you know, how many times now we've, we've, we've pretty much gushed over these two guys. And anybody who's never seen these two guys go at it, really, if you get the chance to watch this match from this past Monday night, it'll show you exactly why we talk about how good these two guys are. Wyatt is still creepy as all hell, and Ambrose is still the craziest bastard in the yard. And they are still, honestly, I've, I've, I've been saying this you know, for a long time now, I want to see these guys with some belts and getting a decent run. We know Ambrose had the U.S. title for a while, but he never really defended it. But I want to see this guy really with the world title. If, that, if, if there was a highlight of the night, it was definitely that for me, simply because, you know, aside from the way they ended it, I was very upset with the way they ended the match, but I kind of saw it coming looking back at it in retrospect. But that was definitely a highlight. I liked the confrontation between uh, John Cena and Kevin and Owens. And doing Kevin Owens. Which, uh, which was really, I still swear to God, I'm telling you now, and remember, I can't stand the world title belt design. I've never liked the spinner belt. <laughs> that NXT title is ugly as shit. I'm sorry. There's, no There's never been anything that. uglier. There's never been anything uglier, Mark. There, there have been. There have been, but it's, it's, it's a very, very close thing. I mean, that belt is really just horrible. It's atrocious. In, it is. It absolutely is. 
But the thing, again, uh, now I've seen Kevin Owens back when he was Kevin Steen over in Ring of Honor. In yep. fact, he had some great matches with Sami Zayn back when he was El Generico. In fact, well, he wasn't El Generico. Those are two separate guys. El Generico went and retired to Mexico, and he's doing stuff down there. Sami Zayn's up here in uh, WWE now. At least that's what they keep sure? talking about. That's what they keep saying. It's all gimmick, Mark. Well, yeah, well, obviously. It, it's all a gimmick. Yeah, no, same guy, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, definitely the same guy. I mean, don't, don't, don't try to confuse me, man. <laughs> no, but no, I mean, I've, I've seen these two guys go at it before. I mean, they're doing a pay-per-view... Uh, type event. I, I think it actually was was yesterday. It's tonight, right now. It's yeah, actually well, uh, it's actually broadcast in front of me on the 32 inch Vizio sitting in my office. So uh, I do see it right, right now. They have right, Sasha Banks right. going against one of the female wrestlers. But yeah, yeah Sami Zayn so, versus uh, Kevin Steen tonight on the uh, NXT takeover. Or Kevin Owens, as they're calling. Him. Yeah, yeah, that, that, Kevin that, Owens. It's going to be an interesting match. And uh, again, if you've never seen these two guys wrestle, it's a great chance to uh, you know to look up these guys and then see why they are potentially the future of the WWE. I will say this. I, I still kind of wanted to slap Kevin Owens for saying something remarkably stupid. What was that? He, well, he tried to make out that he'd been in the business longer than Cena. It's actually the other way around. Because Cena's been in the business about 16, 17 years. Started around 98, 99 uh, over at Ultimate Pro Wrestling. And he's been going ever since. Steen started around uh, 2000, 2001. So even if there's only a few months difference, yes, Cena actually is the veteran out of the two because he's been at it longer. And despite what uh, Owens may try to tell you, you know, he does, you know, Cena does get to say he's a veteran and give people veteran advice. He's been around long enough to earn it. Right, what I think, though, just actually to, to point this out, the, the debut that's officially recognized as John Cena's wrestling debut is 1999, not necessarily WWE, but his general debut, 1999. Yeah, UPW, like uh, I said. Steen, Kevin Steen slash Owens is uh, May 7, 2000 was his original debut. So uh, fairly close in the debuting period there, but what right. I would say is I believe Kevin Owens was trying to point out his history of wrestling all over the world as opposed to just being limited to, no, no, no. you know, his basically were, His exact words were I've been doing this longer than you Literally he said even though I haven't been here for 10 years I've been doing this longer than you Those were his exact words to Cena and he was wrong Cena's actually been wrestling longer than Owens Maybe, yeah. he, maybe Owens has wrestled in more places with different companies, yes. However, Cena's been doing it longer, and of course, obviously, he's had you know a, a relatively stable career in the WWE. So, cushy but, career, cushy, cushy. Let's not say stable. Let's oh, say cushy. I'm not, I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying that at all. I will. I will say though that um, at this point, I'm a little curious as to why uh, they would have Owens go to the point of basically uh, stomping on the American flag with what he did with the U.S. belt, but. You know, I, I can sort of see that simply because Cena's trying to do the whole Patriot thing, so that works. Um, yeah, and he's and he's Canadian, so. Oh, that that may also work too. Yeah, so. He, he him and Sami Zayn are both actually considered. They're both actually from Canada. They grew up together. They came into business together. So, um, yeah, I would say one of the highlight. You know, I, I'm going to start approaching this in two twofold. You know, there's because there is so much there is so much wrestling in a three hour program for WWE Raw now that uh, there's definitely going to be some sort of 
wrestling highlight. So there's a match highlight, in my opinion, and I'm going to give my highlight of the night as far as a promo segment type thing. And I will say right there with you, uh, John Cena having that interaction with Kevin Steen was my highlight of the night as far as... uh, as far as the interaction there and um, what happened. I'm not going to repeat everything you said. I think it was good. I think it was nice to see Kevin Steen and other faces from NXT coming up and giving John Cena, you know, some attitude and some adjustment, you know, some, you know, confrontation there. With that said, I believe that large, I don't believe that Kevin Steen is going to be a staple on the Raw moving forward. I believe what this was was an opportunity. We we, we do know he's getting a shot at the U.S. belt at Elimination Chamber. It's not for the title. It's a non-title match. Everything I've read is a non-title match. Okay, then that's different because they were talking about the U.S. title match happening at Elimination Chamber because he said, that's when I'm taking my shot at the Open Challenge on Monday Night Raw. So maybe they haven't decided whether or not it is or it isn't yet, but from what I saw on the show, it is. Okay. So unless, the, unless that changes, I, I'm going to go into the assumption based on, on Steen's promo backstage after uh, his interaction with Cena is that it is supposed to be for the U.S. title, and it, obviously it's happening in, uh, I guess it's just a little over a week's time now at uh, Elimination Chamber. So, yeah, that, as far as I know, it's a U.S. title match. If I'm wrong, you know, hey, so be it, but I'm just going based on what I heard there. And Yeah, actually, that makes sense. You know, open challenge, he's claiming it's for the title, you know, and, and that's what, you know, the thing is. But uh, everything I read online was that it wasn't going to be for the title. Um, I, don't, I, I honestly you know. don't know. I mean, at this point, it could be, it could not be. I'm just going based on, like I said, on what I heard from the promos. And then, obviously, as far as the rest of the night goes... I thought it was decent. I liked the uh, the tag team interaction where they set up everybody who was going to be in the tag elimination team elimination chamber. chamber. I yep, thought that first was really kind of interesting. Yep, that you're right. Actually, that is the first time I've ever heard of that. Um, they've established she was going to be in the elimination chamber for uh, the intercontinental belt, which I thought was kind of interesting. And I, I, for a while, I was hoping it was going to be that they were going to put Ambrose in there. But then I remember, no, he, he's he's chasing. He's Rollins chasing the world the, right uh, now. For the so. world title. So, yeah, obviously he's not going to be in it. So they put in Ziggler, which I thought was good. Good God, Sheamus, get rid of that damn mohawk, please. He still yeah, yeah, looks like a rooster. Now, one thing he I will say about Raw. He still looks like a rooster. I'm sorry. He does. He does. But one thing I will say that I found interesting, Mark, is that we didn't see Roman Reigns. And we didn't have any real plays from Randy Orton, if I remember correctly. At least I didn't catch it. And if that's the case, what are they going to do with Roman Reigns and Randy Orton at... Elimination Chamber, because... I'm wondering if that was just to give them a little bit of time to rest, because if you look match. at it, they've, they've all been kind of going at it pretty hard and heavy. Yeah. But we know Ambrose, who's beyond being just a company man. I mean, again, the guy's... He's made out of adamantium or something, dude. I mean, yeah. you've seen the crap this guy's gone through, and he just keeps getting up and going, give me more, give me more, give me more. And, I mean, I, half of that's got to be just how tough the guy really is in real life. You know, yeah. so I think at this, and it may also be, don't forget, I mean, they get like, what, like half a month off or whatever it is, a year? So maybe Roman is taking some time off for, for the, to be with the family. Could be it's the same possible. thing with Randy. It may also just be that they were giving them the night off simply because they'd, they'd had a harder night than the other guys. And they yeah. could only back this coming, you know, uh, they might be back tonight, uh, not tonight, tomorrow. Which, yeah. is, which is SmackDown. They might be back next week. You know, I, I can't see them being left off a major card like the well, Elimination that's, Chamber. That's my point. That's my thought. 
I'm curious as to see how that's going to go because you do have, you know, I mean, you have the Elimination Chamber. You do have, realistically, a handful of guys that could be dropped in that Elimination Chamber match. you you got to think about it. You know, in another well, Elimination Chamber match. Well, they've already named the six were going to be in it. Well, they named it for the Intercontinental title. They named it for the tag team match. Who's to say that they don't put Seth Rollins in an Elimination Chamber match against Kane? It's you know, not happening. It's not happening. So? They've, they've already flat out uh, said it's going to be Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, world title at Elimination Chamber. I, I, I'm, I'm assuming you didn't catch the end of the, of the show. I, I caught it, but... I, I, I did catch the end of the show there where uh, where Stephanie's like, I'll, if you let him go, I will give you your title match. But yeah. then there was some interaction. Before he had a chance to let him go, Ambrose was stopped by J&J, so they could very well be like, no, Ron, well, no, yeah, no. He did let him go. He let him go, but then he went back to finish the job. Right. And so, that's where the other two guys got involved. So he's got his match. I'm and curious honestly, to see where they go with those guys and what they're going to do it, with the other guys. Be. The because one thing that I really thought that they dropped the ball on over the last two nights was Kane, because, I mean, they've been building him turn and face, and they haven't done it yet. And at this point, they either really have to do that, like, ASAP, or they need to stop hinting at it and doing this whole thing with, with Rollins just poking fun at Kane, because otherwise that's just going to keep people thinking he's about to turn. And if they don't turn him, it's going to be so much of a tease that people are just going to stop caring by the time they finally do. And it's going to be like, eh. Overall, if I had to give the show a grade, I would say probably B plus, maybe an A minus, because See, it was a solid night, solid night, but it, it it could have been better. Yeah, I think that it was very rushed. There's a lot of stuff up in the air. Nothing. There's a lot of things that you're not sure about with guys missing key elements to the show, and with only two weeks to prepare for Elimination Chamber, I feel like they they could have done. They had to cram a lot in, so I feel like it was rushed to to a really good. This is why you know, I keep saying they need to drop back to just the Big Four, and then just take the other like couple of months of the year. You know, all right, maybe maybe give it a five. Make it maybe give us the, you know King of the Ring as an actual pay per view event again or something. But drop it back to the main four. So, uh, WrestleMania, Survivor, uh, SummerSlam, Survivor Series, and the Royal Rumble, like they did back in the 80s and early 90s before they did this, this, they decided to do one a month, and just really let the stories develop, because I really think they could do it. Now yeah. that they're, they're, I mean, they're really the only game in town. What are you going to do? Go over and watch uh, TNA? They're on Friday nights once a week. They got moved to Wednesday. And I think they're going belly up, and Ring of Honor's not exactly a threat. No, they're not a threat, but they, I mean, if you look at the WWE roster, those guys that are showing up against John Cena every week are Ring of Honor vets, so. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. but again, the talent I mean, if, you, is there. if you drop the pay-per-views back to the big four and just let the stories develop and give, give your guys time to develop storylines, give yourself time to establish the new guys coming up, there's so much they can do there if they give them the time, yeah. and they don't really have the time because... Literally, as soon as they're done with one pay-per-view, they're jumping into another. Yeah, in, in this, this case, case literally. Yeah, exactly. Now, uh, I'm gonna give my, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna leave mine closer to a C plus to a B minus. With that said, you went B plus to an A minus, so let's go with the average and look at a B. Yeah, that's that's not too bad, and that pretty much that? wraps up our our right after wrestling. So, yeah. I think that I think that pretty much brings us right into finding out what ace is in the hole this week, don't you? Yeah. Now, uh, with that said, I'm going to ask everyone to, to to take a moment of silence here, 
And uh, just remember a legend because today is May 20th. And with that said, May 20th is the anniversary fourth. In this case, the 2015 May 20th is the four-year anniversary of the loss of one of our favorites uh, here at the at the uh, false finish. One of our favorites in our hearts as a professional wrestler. One that everyone could dig. One that everyone could just snap into a little something of. It was the oh, loss. Oh God, dude, that part is horrible. Fa- one of our favorites, the Macho Man Randy Savage, and Ooh, yeah, yeah, brother. So I'm gonna ask everybody to just take a second here and, and just remember him. Now, with that, I don't think you want us to spend too much time being quiet because there wasn't a time that there was a microphone in front of the Macho Man that he was well, being he very talking. quiet. Exactly. So, with that said, in remembrance of the macho man Randy Savage, I've decided to put together Ace in the Hole's Top 5. Pachow! Since we're back at the Top 5, let's talk about that. Top 5. No, top, top 5 what? Top 5 times Macho Man sat at an announce booth? No, I don't think so. <laughs> top 5 times that the Macho Man was with the NWO or he wasn't with the NWO? No, it's not that either. I think it's it had the, to be more than 5 anyway. Exactly. No, it's the Top 5 matches. In my opinion, in the false finishes opinion. Ooh, yeah, now you got one of the most frenetic wrestlers in the world, and we're going to rate his top five. Come on, Ace, lay it on me. What's okay, your number with, five? With that, number five, I'm going with back to 1995. Steve Austin was not at the same level that Randy Savage was. He was, you know, working his way up. He hadn't even hit the WWF yet. Steve Austin was wrestling on Saturday night main event, and he wrestled against Randy Savage in a match. And while it wasn't, you know, a pay-per-view, it wasn't a title match, it was an opportunity to see two living legends, two future WWE Hall of Famers, two guys that established a, you know, a, a hotbed and were part of the, the direction of rock and wrestling and part of the attitude there. And they combined back in 1905, basically in the I'm middle. I'm going to have to look for that match, man. That sounds like a good match. Oh, yeah, it was, it was a good match. It was nothing, it wasn't, it wasn't spectacular in the fact that, you know, the, it wasn't, what the number one match was, but to see these two guys go at it, see Randy Savage stunning Steve Austin, go at it, it was it was an interesting match in my heart. It sits very closely to one of his best matches because I got to see two guys, one guy who was gonna you know within two years turn around and say, uh, well, what is it? He says because Austin three sixteen just whooped your ass, and then the other guy, the Macho Man Randy Savage, saying, oh yeah. So with that. Number five, Stoning Steve Austin versus the Macho Man Randy Savage, WCW Saturday Night Main Event 1995. I'm going to have to look into that one, man. That sounds like a good match. This is probably one that, uh, you know, I don't even know that uh, this is something that people can get. I don't know if this this actually is. I'm sure sure somebody's got it. This is on, no, this isn't a different one. Number four, number four. Oh, Given Randy Savage versus Ted DiBiase, Madison Square Garden, 1988. Timing was everything. It was just one ma- month after having lost uh, at WrestleMania for the World Title Tournament. Uh, you know, to Hulk Hogan, right? Randy, Randy Savage, uh, Million Dollar got his chance at the gold at Madison Square Garden, and uh, Hogan and Andre they weren't anywhere in the building, so uh, they had an opportunity to go at it. It wasn't one of the big matches. It was just, you know, a house I show, essentially. I think Virgil was still in the is was still involved at that point. He was still the uh, the million dollar man's uh, bodyguard, wasn't he? At that time, uh, 
I don't remember that. I don't think... Because that, that's, that's the WrestleMania 4. They didn't split till early 90. You might be right. You might be right. But they didn't they have... They would have to be. Because they didn't have think Andre about it. 91 was the one where uh, Virgil beat the million-dollar man for the uh, million-dollar belt, as far as I know at the time. Yep. You know, back in, like... If, if you're talking, like, 88, then, yeah, he was still yeah, he was uh, the million-dollar man's bodyguard. He was there. If I recall correctly, he was there. I don't remember the match exactly as this moment, and if he was sitting on the outside, because obviously he wasn't a. In my in my re- recollection, he wasn't the uh, he wasn't the main guy involved. I was, you know, with Savage and T- DiBiase. They had a couple good in, you know interactions there over the years. You know, Million Dollar Man being a huge heel throughout the '80s, early '90s, mid '90s, realistically, if you count his NWO time. So the two of them. And then of uh, course, having... turning face and managing the Steiner brothers, which was weird. Yeah, I don't even remember that, but uh, yeah, we'll talk it, about it, that. It, it actually happened, yeah. I'll, I'll, That's interesting. I'll tell you a little bit later, but you know, move on to uh, number three then, I guess. Number three, WrestleMania eight. Randy oh. Savage, <laughs> Ric Flair. This is in the World midst title. of Ric Flair jumping ship from the NWA WCW days to the WWF. This is the feud when Mr. Perfect was there. This is the feud when they were having the I remember it from Saturday morning main of or Saturday morning superstars watching that, watching the promos with Mr. Perfect and cutting the you know the the gimmick on Liz and how the marriage was a sham and Flair and Liz had something going on and you know leading up to WrestleMania 8 and that was still was, a, that was a bizarre match in and of itself Ace uh let, let me just take a brief moment here to uh drop a little knowledge on you and some other fans a lot of people aren't even aware about this cuz they did actually announce another uh main event for that event and that was actually supposed to be Hogan Flair for the world title now we're not exactly sure why this was changed, but originally it was going to be Hogan Flair. This was the match everybody wanted. Don't get me wrong; we got a great match out of Savage Flair, but this this was actually this was like something they they basically just filled in last minute, and it was apparently done on the fly by Vince. Hogan and Flair had no idea why it was done. Wow. Well. Actually, I can touch base on that. Part of that was the Hogan-Flair situation and Hogan not wanting to drop to Flair, Flair not wanting to job to Hogan, and there were some issues there because of uh, the backstage personalities and each one, in theory, being the face of the individual organization and one not wanting to bow down to the other. That, that could make sense. I mean, I remember most I remember of the times when they had matches, they usually had, they usually had count-out losses. But it didn't so, seem to stop them from having a straight-up uh, world title match just like two years later in uh, you know in, in basically WCW's equivalent of, of SummerSlam where Hogan in, in, went over Flair. So I'm not sure in, what happened there. Different times, you know, they were both on the same page. They were in Ric Flair's area, so maybe it was a little different. I don't know exactly all that detail. I remember a little bit vaguely, but uh, that's my number three. Going back to WrestleMania eight, Savage and uh-huh. Flair. And now number two, I put on here not because it was the greatest technical. Uh, experience by any means. This was not a uh, Chris Benoit versus you know Eddie Guerrero, or you know this wasn't this wasn't any match that you would you know Daniel Bryan versus uh, uh, Sami Zayn, Kevin Steen, any of these guys that you know hard hitting matches. This was Randy Savage versus the Ultimate Warrior in a retirement match, WrestleMania seven. seven. With that, that was, you know, 91. Ultimate Warrior is one of WWE's main promotional vehicles. You know, he's a face painted superhero. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. he wasn't, you know, he wasn't, they like I said, a, a technical, man, anyway. he wasn't a technical expert in the ring by any means. He was a muscle monster, and you had Randy Savage, 
two guys who unfortunately have both been, uh, you know, we, we've lost within the last four years between the two Ooh. of them. And, uh, you know, fortunately they both made it into the Hall of Fame. Ho- macho man Randy Savage this year. You know, Warrior last year, unfortunately, Savage wasn't there to see it, obviously. Uh, one one disappointment that I'm sure a lot of people have. With that said, this match was uh, the retirement match. Uh, there was some gimmick after the whole thing that Ultimate Warrior let Randy Savage go on to uh, finish up his remaining dates with the WWE before he went to the announce booth, which led to one of my favorite matches that didn't make this list. It was actually a... Uh, it was actually a close uh, fifth. It was it was a, it was a close sixth, but it was the Macho Man Randy Savage Crush match, and that was really just because that was my prime days there when Crush turned heel on Monday Night Raw. That was that was over three years. That was almost two years later, dude. That was actually by the time Randy had returned. No, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. He didn't. That match didn't make it. But what I'm saying is, uh, is that uh, this is uh, the retirement match, which led to his announcing, which then he ended up coming back to wrestle Crush. And ah, that Crush go. match was a close six to my number five. I'm assuming five. you're referring to the match at WrestleMania 10. Yeah, it was WrestleMania 10. I mean, it was again another match that wasn't. It was also spectacle. his last match in the WWF, if memory It was. Clear. It was. He was he was gone after that for what disappeared and pretty much no apparent reason that was ever uh, publicly disclosed. Or yeah, yeah. He basically he had the match with Crush. He stayed there till SummerSlam '94 and then he was gone. Yep. Yep. And he was in WWE. So that, right that after leaves us with just one match. That's your number one. And this so, is going to be mean, everybody's Randy Savage. all this time. Tell us what number one is. Everybody's number one Randy Savage match is also you know in in most cases most everyone's number one WrestleMania match. Um, if you're looking for a technical bout that, you know, guys coming up, this is something that I was told that's coming up in the business. Go watch a match. This is the match to watch. You want to be able to be a wrestler, this is what these guys do. Mind if I take a guess of what it is? Because it sounds like it, I know what you're describing. It's the same one assume, that everybody's getting. I'm going to assume you're talking Randy Savage, Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat, WrestleMania three Intercontinental title match. No, 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 that's not it. Really? No, nah, I'm just kidding. That's obviously it, Mark. Yeah, I, I there was so. no guessing needed so. there. It's actually, that was it's the actually only one match. of my two top WrestleMania matches. Tied 30 for number plus, one. 30-plus minute match, you know, 19 two-count falls, you know, t- 19 high, uh, false finishes, essentially, you know, between you the two. You actually counted them? Yeah, yeah, there's 19 false finishes Jeez. in that match. It was a high-paced match. It's one that's influenced wrestlers today, tomorrow, and in the future. And uh, you know that you know a lot of people built their careers around wanting to be what Randy Savage and Ricky Steamboat were in that match. A lot of people like Shawn Michaels, you know, uh, want to do matches like that. They want to you know be those. There's a lot of matches we didn't get to see because Randy left WWE before he had an opportunity to. He kind of left at the tail end of his prime. And I think if he had stuck around, one of the things I read recently was that uh, Shawn Michaels was supposed to be the guy he was going to step into a feud with there. And uh, I could only imagine... That would have been interesting. I, I can only imagine what a WrestleMania uh, 11 would have looked like with uh, Randy Savage and Shawn Michaels going at it. Uh, yeah! So That would have been that, awesome. That's the false... That's, that's, I'm sorry, that's the ace in the hole. My top five. Again, I'm going to just run that down one more time. Stunning Steve Austin, Randy Savage back in 95. Randy Savage, Ted DiBiase back in 1988. Randy Savage versus Ric Flair at WrestleMania 8. I don't have the years on that, but... Uh, I'm like 92. And then you also have WrestleMania uh, 7, which was 91. And then you have WrestleMania 3, which was like 1932. Or No, I'm just kidding. That's 1987. So, with that, you know... It was, or I'm sorry, was that 80? No, it would have been 86. WrestleMania, WrestleMania 3 would have been 1987, you're right. 86, it would have been 86. 
No, it would have been 87, because WrestleMania 1 was 1985. WrestleMania 2 was 1986. Why do I think it was 1984? I'm not sure, but you'd be completely wrong, because the first WrestleMania wasn't until 85, dude. Really? Dude, if I have to, I will di- I've actually got the first 13 WrestleMania. You're right, you're on right, VHS. you're right. March 31st, 1985. I guess I was alive for all WrestleManias that we've had. Yeah. I've lived through the entire WrestleMania. Dude, seriously. Oh, that makes sense. I'll be 31 this year. younger than me, you've lived long enough to be through every WrestleMania. You're right. This is WrestleMania. This is. I'll be 31 this year. So, yeah, I've been alive for all of them. With that said, uh, you know, so you have that, and then you had the main, you had, like I said, Randy Savage, Rick Steamboat, Intercontinental Title Match, WrestleMania 1985. 87! Oh, sorry, 87. I'm starting to name off the first WrestleMania. Sorry. See, and that's why we have you, Sensei, is to keep me in line with my dates and my knowledge. You are absolutely now, welcome, Grasshopper. <laughs> now, uh, that brings us to uh, the key of this, one of the one of the key parts of this show. That's going to bring, you know, the live folk, unfortunately, that are listening right now. They can't hear this part that we're about to step away to. This is uh, our first interview in the locker room lowdown with uh, In Your Face Wrestling trainer wrestler. Hey, you know what? I'm not going to give you too much of an intro to him. The guy is the guy. He talks about who he is, what he's done, where he's going, what he's going to keep doing. So with that said, let's cut over to that interview and let's listen in to Mark and myself, Ace, with uh, Drake Evans of In Your Face Wrestling, uh, uh, heavyweight champion with their upcoming uh, event. And let's listen to what he has to say. That's actually going to be this Sunday, I believe. Welcome back from that. I hope you guys enjoyed the interview. I know myself, I enjoyed conducting the interview. I know Mark enjoyed conducting the interview. It was some interesting... Oh, absolutely. The guy was absolutely gracious. And, you know, anybody, I, I've had the chance to meet him face-to-face, although I doubt he remembers me. But, you know, I, again, very nice dude. And, you know, anybody who's never got a chance to meet him, he, he really is as nice as he sounds. Uh, and he, he's absolutely, you know... You know, been gracious enough to to have come and and, uh, and be on the show, and we'd love to have him again in the future. And again, I, now I've said this before, I'm going to say it again. Go out and support your local wrestling promotions, support your indie guys, because you just never know. Today's indie star could very well be tomorrow's WWE World Champion. So you just never know who's going to be your next mainstream hit. Support I'm going to go join the indies now. I'm going to join the Indies, Mark, so I can be your next world champion. Guys, support Ace Alexander. I, I kid, I kid. I want to see you back in the ring, boy. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think that's happening anytime soon. But, hey, you hey, never know. never say never. Never know. You never know. We might have to just square off if you get too close to beating me at this pay-per-view selection <laughs> pick. So, uh... With that said, Mark, you know, this has been another wonderful podcast. I'm so excited, though. Like, really, I really am. This has been my favorite podcast, Mark. I think it's – I love the new format. What do you think, Mark? I enjoy it, and quite frankly, I hope our fans enjoy it. Let me ask you something. Uh, we've, been, we've been trying to keep a general track of who we got on Twitter. What's our current uh, head count there? Because I'm we're, curious we're over to see. Six, we're over 60 now. We're over at, we're Oh, over well, 60. there you go. Well, to all of our followers on Twitter, all of our followers on Facebook – Everybody who's been calling in and, you know, checking in with us for the podcast, thank you so much for the support. Quite frankly, we couldn't do it without you guys. I mean, we we could do the show, but with nobody to actually listen to it, there wouldn't be a point. So, again, to everybody who's been tuning in, following us on Twitter, following us on Facebook, 
you know, and obviously send us your questions, send us your comments. You know, if we find something good, we will definitely read it on the air. And quite frankly, once again, just thank you very much, and we hope you enjoyed this interview. We got, I think we got another one coming up in like a couple of weeks with, uh, what is it, Len Oddity? Yeah, um, I haven't talked to him in a couple of weeks because he had a new baby, but I'll let him talk about that in an yep. interview once and we do it. and congratulations to him about that. And, uh, you know, yeah, I think he's got, got a match this Saturday at In Your Face Wrestling with uh, with the promotion there that Drake Evans is going to be a part of that he just talked about. Yeah, so, that's the 23rd, yeah. Yeah, 23rd on Saturday night down in Dwaynesburg or Delancing, New York, I think it was, he said. I'm not sure exactly. What, I just saw the commercial for it, actually, on, uh, on Monday Night Raw, ironically yeah. enough, about that show. Again, good luck to Drake, who is defending the uh, in-your-face heavyweight title. So, uh, you know, again, thanks once again to him. And again, yeah. thanks to everybody who's been listening and, and supporting the show. And uh, we hope to continue entertaining you guys for a long time. Yeah, definitely. And with that said, let's finish up the closing here. I do want to touch base for next week's podcast. Uh, we'll be doing a live recording. Uh, I'm locking myself into recording this live on Monday night, May the 25th, which just so happens to be Memorial Day. So and Memorial a happy special. Memorial Day to all our veterans. Thank you guys so much for uh, doing what you guys do. We'll, we'll, we'll give you guys credit next week also, but you can never give them too much credit. Thank you for what you guys do today, tomorrow, in the future, and what you've done in the past, because without you guys doing what you've done, the fans wouldn't be downloading this podcast. We wouldn't be recording this podcast. The pro professional wrestlers wouldn't be sitting in on our locker room lowdown with us. And we wouldn't have Monday Night Raw to watch. So like the WWE does and they do their uh, tribute to the troops, we want to say thank you. Listen in next week for our Memorial Day special as we uh, will definitely give a shout-out and a thanks to all the troops out there. Amen, with that brother. Said, I know myself, ace in the hole next week. I, I, I got a cool topic. You want to hear what it is, Mark? Should I tell I'm you now? Lay it on me, bro. Lay it on me. I think I'm gonna plug it. I think I'm gonna plug it for you. I think I'm gonna plug it for the fans. Well, top, top ten. I'm expanding next Woo! week from top well, five to the top, top ten. 10. I'm going to give you a top ten rundown. I'm going to give more detail into this. It's going to be a combination of Ace in a Hole with a little bit of if I was the promoter, if I was the booker. It's top ten guys that WWE currently has on its roster that will carry us through this boom period we're about to embark on or that we may have already embarked on. These are top ten guys. They're already on the roster. You already know who they are. You know, they could be Adam Rose. They could be Dolph Ziggler. They could be Zack Ryder. They're sure as hell not John Cena. And oh, they could be Sammy Zayn, Kevin Steen, Kevin Owens. They could be all those guys. But these are the guys that, that are currently signed to the WWE roster that are going to be main eventing the pay-per-views. They're going to be main eventing Raws. And they're going to be pushing the envelope, selling the merchandise, and promoting the WWE brand. So uh, that's, that's my top ten. I'll talk about those guys next week. What about you, Mark? Do you have any idea what we're shooting for? I got a general idea, but I'm not entirely sure just yet. But I think I'm going to talk a little bit about something we don't see much of these days, but something we also still do kind of see some of these days. I'm going to talk about professional wrestling and its relationship with movies. Interesting. The Wrestler? The Wrestler? Body Slam? Grunt the Wrestling Movie? Yes, that's actually a thing, and it's as weird as it sounds. And a couple of others. So, yeah, I'm going to talk a little bit about wrestling movies. I'm going to talk about wrestlers in movies as well. Awesome. Good stuff. You can't, can't go there without talking about, you know, my favorite, your favorite, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. So we'll tune in uh, next week. Don't, don't bet on him <laughs> being my favorite. So. Hey, hey, I just kid. I kid. I don't want to put words in your mouth. Hey, right. are you a goat? Yeah. Does Daniel uh, Ryan know? Seriously, does Daniel 
Daniel Bryan know that you're also a goat? I mean, he's got competition now. Yeah, he he may just have some. But okay. now that said, Mark, it's that time again. It's the time where we uh, we listen for the bell. It's that time, like nineteen times. You, you know, I, I think back to WrestleMania. I can't believe you counted them. <laughs> I think back to WrestleMania three. I think back to, to to Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. I think back to the Macho Man Randy Savage. God rest his soul, taken far too soon from us. He, Amen. You know, I think I think back to that match. And I think to the to the nineteen times that they kicked out of each other's you, you know false finishes. Them. I can't believe it. And I, I think if we had gotten up after the first one and walked away, or the second one walked away, or the third one, or the 16th, or the 17th, or the 18th, you would have missed. Hey, heck, you, you, if you walked away at the 19th uh, two count, you would have missed another false finish. And you would have missed the end of the game, the end of the match, one of the greatest matches in the history of professional wrestling. So just remember that. The next time you sit down at a ringside, whether it's independent, whether it's in your living room, whether it's at the Madison Square Garden, don't walk away, just like this call, just like this podcast. Don't walk away until the final bell tolls, because you just don't know if it's just another false finish. But if it was a false finish, you wouldn't know not to leave. But then again, that's what it is. And don't forget, for every comic book out there that sells well, there's another comic out there that just makes you go, what the friggin' hell? Good night out there, whatever you are. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.